want the world. Yeah, I want the world. Yeah, I want it all. Said I want the world. Yeah, I want the world. I'm coming to get it. Don't care what you heard. Don't care what you heard. I'm taking it all. from brooklyn bringing that truth never gonna lie never gonna lose always on top keeping it steady he'll make you tap out and you won't be ready he got the suplex breaking your back now everyone in the world gonna listen to taz all right what's up guys what's going on welcome welcome to the taz show what's going on appreciate you as we rock and roll end of february basically here in 2019 Thank you for downloading this episode on Radio.com On the app of the website, thank you Maybe Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Maybe doing that to Spotify Jones Whatever you're doing, it's much appreciated You're bringing the Taz Show into your life You're bringing my content into uh, what you do Either it's at the workplace, what are your buds Maybe you're unloading a truck, what are your buds Maybe you're at a gym, what are your buds Maybe you don't have earbuds. Maybe you have it playing on a smart speaker. Maybe you have the show playing, um, you know, in your house amongst your family in big speakers uh, throughout dinner while you all listen and enjoy roast beef, potatoes, and stewed uh, broccoli, if there is such a thing, which is disgusting. You're pulling the show into your life. You're pulling my voice and the Taz show content into your world. That to me is epic Remember that, epic I say So thank you for that So anyway, I digress So we're going to talk a little raw in a little bit here A lot of cool shit happened on raw So we'll get into that a little bit First I want to talk about uh, a movie uh, I don't go to movies much uh, But I went to see Fighting With My Family The story of uh, WWE Superstar Paige As you guys know uh, I have to say, I really enjoyed this movie. My wife and I went. We went on Sunday, so I try to go. I don't do the movies a lot. I don't go to the movies a lot, but <clears throat> excuse me, when I do go, I try to go to the most obscure times where no one's at the theater. Sunday, eleven thirty a.m. Eleven thirty a.m. showing. Who in the hell is going to a friggin' movie on eleven thirty a.m. on Sunday? That's what I figured, my wife's the same way She don't mind going to the movies With yours truly at offbeat times Just to avoid people And, uh, well It was kind of empty when we walked in And once we got done with the hour and fucking 20 minutes of trailers uh, it, The theater was packed to see this movie um, And it was, uh, by the way, the theater was phenomenal Oh, I, I, I got one of these theaters near my casa uh, that's got the reclinable seats And you order, you got the weight service Whatever the gimmick is, you get the food delivered To you, pretzel rods, or pretzel sticks And hamburgers and uh, All this shit It's great, you got the recliner, you're chilling There's nothing but uh, space around you It's just an epic, epic thing And I, I thought this was like a new thing You know, it's like, no, it's been around a while Bro, you sent me the movies in a while I'm busy, I'm always grinding, always working You know that, you people know that So the theater was perfect, the setting was great Filled with mocks, mocks everywhere But they couldn't see me The lights, it was dark uh, Maybe some of them w- wouldn't remember me anyway Maybe they would, I don't know I mean, yes, I did have a black towel on um, And I had an FTW belt strapped over my shoulder So they might have recognized that Because that's how I do go to the movies uh, Regardless, the movie was great, guys If you didn't see Fighting With My Family Go uh, 
go see this movie um now the bulk of you guys listening to me right now are wrestling fans so you get it a bulk of you might have saw it already uh or seen it whatever the proper vernacular is in vocabulary or, or english um i loved it i loved it i this there was <sighs> the story i mean i know it's a true story you know, like a lot of true stories, a lot of times some stuff is a little fabricated, a little bit worked and shit. Uh, I don't know if that's the case with this. I know WWE Films and Seven Bucks Production, which is the Rocks Production uh, Company, did a tremendous job on this movie. Um, the actress who played Paige, Florence Pugh, I think her name is, she was tremendous. She was really good. And I don't remember the kid's name who played Paige's brother. He was great. And that was more or less the thread throughout the movie for me, you know, um, was their relationship that basically Paige got the chance to make it and her brother had a chance, but, you know, didn't seal a deal. They just didn't, you know, like him. Vince Vaughn played like a big part in the movie, obviously. I was a little confused on his part, though. You know, he was the, he worked for WWE in the movie and he was basically a talent scout evaluator or whatever. Um, And it was a little odd, you know, because only because usually, you know, you would have, a lot of people around like it's if you're at a training center or something like that there's different coaches and stuff like that i mean i, I understand they're not gonna have a billion people in the movie but i thought that part was the only thing that was a little bit you know not strange but just a little just because i'm so you know just like a lot of you guys you know how it works with the performance center and how it works for people going to nxt um i guess for casual fans and that's what they're placating to they don't want to make it confusing with a many different people in there with vince vaughn uh, as wwe trainers or whatever and coaches so that part i understand but for hardcore fans uh you know regular wwe fans or wrestling fans be like uh you know really that really is the only the only Thing I could say about the movie that I I didn't not didn't like, but that was like ah right, yeah, this part's so so. I mean that that theme of it, and the other thing too was when she got uh, when Paige got called to do her tryout um, at uh, I think it was a SmackDown. I think that's what it was, if I remember correctly. How the movie went and how her, her deal went. They kind of auditioned them like in a warehouse, like at the arena, I guess it was. That was a little bit of a disconnect, too. Like the ones that would get the chance to be on SmackDown. That doesn't normally happen. But again, they did this for for casual fans, too. So that's such nitpicking by me. I'm just bringing that up just for those fans that really you know get it. Otherwise, 99% of the rest of the movie was epic, awesome, great, loved it, really did. Hopefully you guys liked it. I thought it was great. I loved it. I really did. So I highly suggest going to see that movie if you hadn't seen it already. Um, I get I don't have stock with them on this thing here, so I'm not. <laughs> but I I just you know want to let you know it was real good. I really enjoyed it. Um, by the way, somehow a little house cleaning Jones. Uh, new T-shirt uh, has dropped, friends. The Path of Rage t-shirt, another throwback, similar style. I told you it's going to be a series coming out. It started now. You've seen this. You've seen the, what did you see? You saw the Survivor If I Let You shirt. That was the first one. Throwback Jones, kind of classic revamped. Now here we come with a Path of Rage shirt. Same look. My mug, big on the front, just different colors. This is red and orange ink, basically, with some white ink on the bottom, where it says Human Suplex Machine. Um, so, uh, hopefully you guys dig this shirt and a few weeks, there'll be a new shirt. So there's going to be a series of them, probably, like I said, four to five of these style ECW style Taz throwback shirts. 
So that's at ProWrestlingTees.com slash T-A-Z And just, or just go to ProWrestlingTees.com Go in the search bar and just put T-A-Z And you'll see my face, click it, and boom, you're there This shirt too is $19.99, guys This is not $24.99 This shirt is really reasonably priced To be frank, these are really good quality t-shirts As you guys know what Pro Wrestling Tees does So, you know, uh, I, I think you guys will dig it for sure And I, like I said, I think the price point on it is... Uh, on point for sure. This is not uh, this is not a twenty five dollars shirt. Again, just like the Survivor Let You shirt, this is nineteen dollars ninety nine cents for the Path of Rage shirt. Yeah. So you know it's uh, uh, it, you know it's um, I don't know. I, I I think I think those are very fair prices for t shirts in today's day and where you see t shirts that are thirty dollars, <laughs> you know twenty nine dollars, whatever. It's some t shirt prices are crazy. So I think that's a good uh, price point for sure. Um, well, so there's some house cleaning there on that end of the uh, spectrum. Uh, la 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 la. What else we got? What else we got? What else? Oh, uh, oh yeah, a new Hall of Fame uh, inductee. Uh, got to go to the honky tonk man. So congrats to the honky tonk man. Uh, good job uh, right there. There's, you know, he's definitely a guy with his history uh, and his success, obviously, and you know, skin in the game as they call it. Uh, an entertainer's entertainer for sure. Um, been before he made it to WWE, he was working a, a lot down in the Memphis area and stuff, working all over the country. So, you know what I mean? Like he's, you know, he, he's definitely a guy who's a uh, paid his dues, entertaining as hell. And I don't think anybody can say he's not worthy. Um, you know, so congrats to him uh, on that. So now, so far, we have DX in there. Um, we have uh, which is. Uh, who we got? We got Shawn Michaels in there. Obviously, China. Okay. Uh, obviously, Triple H. Uh, Billy Gunn. We have the Road Dog, and we have my man X Pac. So they're all going in there as a unit. And now we have so that's one group. That's boom. And then the other inductee is uh, the Honky Tonk Man. And then I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, I do. I obviously have to thank you guys. A lot of you guys have been. You know, tweeting towards me because there was a scuttlebutt rumors. I don't know if I talked about this in a recent podcast. I'm losing track of what we talk about sometimes. But, you know, um, I want to say thank you, though, because there's been rumors that there's, uh, you know, um, uh, that I could be going inducted, being inducted this year into Hall of Fame uh, for WWE. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, um, you know what I mean? So I, I, a lot of you people have been. Um, tweeting at me and saying, "Hey, you're worthy," and tweeting at uh, at, at the WWE and at uh, Vince McMahon and Triple H and Steph. Um, you know, I just want to say thank you. You know, for that. I don't know if I thanked you guys in a recent podcast. I know I talked about DX going in, and the last podcast I just can't recall if I thanked you guys. But it doesn't hurt to thank you a second time. It's very kind. It's very nice. If I get in, I get in. If I don't get in, I don't get in. I mean, you know, it's what am I gonna do? So <laughs> it's just really the way it is. I mean, let's be honest. So it's like, you know, simple So, um, alright, so armed and upward, here we go uh, It's time to talk some business here, we'll do a little podcast As we call it, so we're talking a little raw A lot of stuff happened, kids, on this thing A lot of stuff, I mean, the first thing That jumps out, obviously, is the first Segment, where Roman Reigns And then was promoted By Vince McMahon initially as a as a tweet Earlier in the week, and then um, I'm sorry, last, whenever, I don't remember When Vince tweeted was it Friday or over the weekend? I can't recall that he that Roman would be on Raw on Monday. Regardless, that's not important. He's back. Roman Reigns, and he came out, and uh, he announced that he's in remission. Uh, 
uh, with uh, from his leukemia, which is just amazing, awesome news. Uh, God bless him and congratulations. It's just I don't know what to say. Congratulations might be the wrong way to put it, but uh, thankful. I'm thankful to hear that for him and his family. So that's really awesome. He seemed so just relieved. He seemed so happy. And how could you? When he was embracing his mom, you know, uh, it was really just like a long embrace. And it's just like you felt for his family, you felt for him and 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 his wife and his kids and stuff like that and his family. And I don't know. I, to me, it was just really awesome. And I want to point something out about this. When he came out, Roman, uh, on Raw, <clears throat> you know, his music hit and basically – he just got a massive reaction, obviously, and then shaking everybody's hands and really took his time. And you could tell that the company told him, just take your time. You know, there's really no <clears throat> time frame on you, man. Just just do your thing here. This is real life shit you're talking about. And, you know, just go out there and have, a, have fun with it. And you could just tell he really didn't have a governor on him on the time for the most part, it seemed. And he went out and the announcers, I want to bring up, Michael Cole and crew, said nothing. They said basically they laid out. I mean, I'm 99.9999999% sure that there was nothing said by them until Roman was done with his promo. Well, not promo, his, his, what he said on mic. So this wasn't really a promo. This was him talking about what, what's going on with him. So he's in remission. It's great. But the announcers not talking during it was super. That's what we call a great layout, okay? That's what you call that. And we, uh, you know, Michael Cole and I would always pick, try to pick spots to discuss up before the show where something would be a good layout in the past. We've done that. I've done that with Mike Tanay. I've done that with Joey Styles, you know, and it's important to get that right layout, you know, where, you know, you're going to have, let the moment speak for itself. We don't need anyone narrating it. Let, let the people absorb it at home. That are watching, you know, and and of course, a, a long layout like that is something you want to clear with, with Vince McMahon and or Stephanie or Triple H and just say, listen, I think that the right thing here is to just lay out and not talk and let the people react, let people at home hear the people in Atlanta GA as Roman comes out to make this great announcement. And uh, obviously, Vince had yeah, no problemo. Vince always liked the really good layout. He's always liked that. I mean, I know whenever we approached him, Geez, I don't think he's ever said no, you know, because you got to approach him the right time. I mean, about the right layout, you know, I mean, not talking. That's what the layout means. So I wanted to point that out. I think that I just think that was very important that you probably hear no one else talk about. Um, maybe Jim Ross would if he discussed this in his podcast because JR understands that, you know, uh, the layout. So he gets it, obviously, crystal clear. <clears throat> but great announcement. Great, great deal right there. I was happy, happy for that. Um, you know, I, that, we saw a tag match to with Ricochet and Alistair Black, and they beat the Raw Tag Team Chance Revival, who just got really since these guys won these titles, they're just doing jobs left and right here. So he's like, <laughs> you know, non-title Jones, right? But um, yeah, they they yeah, it's I mean, you know, I just feel like if you were gonna build these cats, build them. Um, regardless, right? Because last week they lost to what do you call it? Uh, 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 what do you call it, uh, Champa and uh, Gargano, Tommaso Champa, Champa, I should say, and Gargano. And they beat the new champs last week, uh, Dash and Dawson. And then uh, this week they lost to uh, the NXT con- continues of uh, Alistair Black and Ricochet. I got to tell you, you know, a couple things um, that just jumped out to me during it. This has nothing to do with the actual match, 
Okay, Alistair Black, he's one of my more favorite guys to watch work. Okay, I just, I'm a fan of his work, his look. I know he's inked up like crazy, I get it. Uh, he's got some buzz on the hair with the long hair, buzz on the side with the long back gimmick. Jones, bearded man. Everyone's got a beard, by the way. The thing in the WWE now, everyone has a beard. Everybody. Beards everywhere. So everyone has a beard. Um, not everyone, but mostly everyone. Beards are the most over thing now in the business When I was coming up in the business Bleach blonde hair was the big thing right? Because Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan The bleach blonde hair was the gimmick Now beards Gotta have a beard Big deal Everyone wears black Everyone has a beard These And everyone's a shooter with kick pads Forgot about that part So uh, <laughs> But but anyway Back to Alistair Black I'm a big fan of this guy's work I am I I, I love his music <clears throat> The the hydraulic lift Jones in the beginning Is very cool And we first laid eyes on this cat I did anyway at NXT Loved him Loved him Now I know he's still part of NXT in essence But um, Great, great, great Just you know, it's great that they're not, they don't mess with these guys. They let them stay who they are. Um, that's because they're, these characters, more or less, are born in NXT. Uh, unlike Ricochet, where his character was just Ricochet before he came to WWE, and, and obviously Lucha Underground, he was Prince Puma. But I digress. Now, Ricochet, they jazzed up his entrance. Now, some of you guys could tweet me or on Instagram at Taz Talk T A Z T L K because I don't remember. I don't to tell you the truth on NXT. I don't know Ricochet's entrance if they're doing that laser beat like those laser lights, like the spotlight laser gimmick on them, like they did on Raw. Um, I thought that was very cool. Let me know if they do that on NXT with him because I I, I don't remember that, but I I can't sit here and say I remember his entrance from NXT, like with his NXT stuff he he does. Here's the thing about Ricochet. This is gonna sound really nitpicking. Like really, 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 really nitpicking. Like, and this is not his fault. Now, maybe this is his fault, but who's ever designing the t-shirt for him, they need to have a conversation. Okay, my man's got a red t-shirt with like some kind of a square and a thing going on with this square, and it says Ricochet. Come on. Really? Uh, you know, the graphic design team at WWE, you pick it up, dude. Really? You know what I mean? I, 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 you know, I'm an old-ass man, okay, that, that never had any official training in graphic design from Adobe Illustrator to, 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 uh, to Corel Draw, none of this shit. <clears throat> you got to, come on, you got to put a little effort into this guy's shirt. And now, unless he said, I want my shirt to look like this, come on, you got this. It's a red T-shirt with a black and white square, and it says Ricochet. What is that? Come on, seriously? Give me something. Do something, do something, do a cartoon, a character of the guy flying in the air. You know, he's doing flips left and right. You got nothing for me? Give me something. Do something with him jumping off a freaking airplane, a cartoon, or jumping off a Mount Rushmore. I don't know, some shit. I mean, something. Do something. Just give me something that exemplifies who he is. This guy's one of the most electrifying workers you're going to see in the ring with the stuff he does. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and you not that I understand the T-shirt is representation of him. It's not the end all be all. I know that it's not. Obviously, it's not affecting his push. They seem to love him, and rightfully so. But Jiminy Crickets, let's get the guy a better shirt. Seriously, come on. You know what? I, don't even pay me. I'll design a shirt for Ricochet for WWE if they want me to, and I won't even. You know, I won't even charge it. 
And I'll give you a shirt that'll knock his socks off. How about that? So anyway, uh, it was a pretty good match they had with the revival. Um, hopefully that Raw Tag Team Champions, those guys, man, they, they, something goes on there. We saw a Becky Lynch deal uh, where she basically uh, she ended up getting arrested. Now you heard uh, the announcers say it earlier in the show that if Becky Lynch were they planted the seed, and once I heard that, I think, man, don't quote me. It might have been during that tag match I just talked about with the revival. It might have been mentioned by either Corey Graves or Michael Cole. About Triple H saying About Becky if she interferes again With crutches and all that kind of shit She's going to get arrested Once I heard that I'm like oh boy The theory everybody had Of Becky Lynch Is going to interfere In the 70th anniversary, 70th birthday For Ric Flair party And go after Charlotte I'm like that's not happening Because once I heard that I'm like she's getting arrested Becky Tonight meeting on Raw right <laughs> And that's what happened So I'm like they're going to do something at that 70, 70th birthday for Ric Flair uh, It's obviously Not going to be Becky so who's it going to be Well we found out later on who it was But I'll get into that in a minute but It definitely wasn't uh, Becky Lynch But um, You know listen I, with, Obviously what they're doing <clears throat> With Becky is tremendous character development for being disgruntled and being, you know, um, just being against the machine. And people love that, you know, and we've talked about it a lot. You know, obviously, Stone Cold Steve Austin did an amazing job of that, and the company did with him for WWE. And to a smaller audience, I had, was doing the same thing with ECW that Paul Heyman did with yours truly with ECW. Um, so I understand that character, and Becky does a really good job with it. Um, she does, you know, okay. And so she, she ends up getting arrested and the agents get involved, everything trying to calm her down. It caused a lot of chaos in Atlanta. It worked. It felt good. I, I enjoyed it. The angle felt good. Everything was cool. Um, and then I thought it was interesting, you know, where, uh, and, and, you know, for me where, uh, and this obviously was at a tag match, by the way, against with uh, Natalia and Rousey versus the Riot Squad that this came out of that. But the thing is, when Becky Lynch, I'm sorry, Becky Lynch, when Ronda Rousey got in the ring after this whole thing got went down and Ronda, I'm sorry, Becky got arrested and Ronda got in the ring and got on the mic. She was furious on the mic and she just basically said, Vince McMahon, get out here or whatever. I was like, whoa, okay, I like it I mean, you don't see that much You know, you don't see that They have somebody call out Vince like that You know, especially someone who's been there as short a time as Ronda, Ronda, Ronda Rousey's been there And then they hit Steph's music And Stephanie came out Now, me personally, again, nitpicking a little thing I would not have hit Stephanie's music I would have had Steph walk out on her own You know, um, if you're going to have Steph walk out for Vince And do what they did Again, I I understand why Vince didn't go out there And I like that Vince didn't go out there I like that Because he is he is the man He is the, the, you know, the owner of the company And he, Vince McMahon, is also the guy That's going to end up putting Ronda Rousey Back in this match I don't know how And I've talked about this in the past That 60-day suspension He's going to lift it somehow, some way And put her in this Make a three-way with Charlotte, Ronda And... Um, and Becky, and we saw that seed planted on Raw, where Ronda Rousey took the Raw Women's Title, 
and basically said, you know, you, you know, her promo was not good. But the bottom line, she put the belt down in front of Steph and walked out. Like she left the belt, like basically saying, like, I want Ronda Rousey in this match. Tell your your dad to lift the gimmick, and I I want her in this match, whatever. And boom, boom, boom. And she got so pissed off, and she left the championship at the feet of Stephanie McMahon, and basically walked out. Where it's like, okay, now you're wondering what the hell is going on, um, you know? And and for me. I love that they had Steph go out there because, like I said, Vince is the one who's going to be who comes out to put her to Becky in back in this match. I'm very intrigued to see how they do it. Now, the title being left in the ring by the champion, basically saying, "I don't need your money. I don't need this." I'm paraphrasing. This is more or less what Ronda Rousey said to Steph. Uh, and then Steph got hot at her and said, you know, you and Becky the same way. You think you're bigger than, you know, bigger than the company and all this. My dad's right. You know, who the hell are you? Again, paraphrasing here. So I didn't expect the belt, the championship to be left there like that. That was interesting. So we're going to see what they do here with this. Um, you know, Ronda Rousey basically saying to, to reinstate Lynch, Becky Lynch, and that's what's best for business type thing. Um, and then got frustrated and, and left the championship. I didn't expect that. So, you know, I I don't know where they're going with it. I can't sit here and make predictions because it's a, it's that's that's I'm not gonna lie to you. That's a little bit like I want to see what happens. I am gonna predict that Vince McMahon. The reason why he didn't come out, like I said twice already here in this podcast, why Steph came out because Vince is gonna be the one. You don't have Vince come out now if he's not putting Becky back in the match. Like putting back in the match, you want Vince. It's smart. You limit his appearances. You know, it makes obviously he's the owner of the company. He's Vince McMahon. He is the real man. So you know, I, I that's done right. I like that. I like that whole thing, for sure. Um, so it's it's intriguing. They're doing a good job building up intrigue on this thing here. I I do feel like you got to be careful. You didn't book yourself in a corner here, and and that they're not spitballing on the fly a little bit with this. Um, you know. Leaving the title in the ring I'm, Again, I'm curious to see where they go with that I'm sure a lot of you people have your theories out there No need to tweet me <laughs> No need to tell me that I Because I, then I get flooded with stuff No need, no thanks, I'm good It's okay So uh, so <laughs> Anyway um, uh, What else was that, that jumped out to me uh, Oh, the um, well, Basically the, Just, just f- fast forwarding Towards the deal with Ric Flair's party um, You know what, I guess I could You know, the best thing to do with that Let me uh, I'm a little dry right now Maybe I should, oh Okay, yes, okay, hold on a second I see what's going on, I understand Okay, I, yes Got it. Right Okay Well, time for a little water break Here we go Yeah. All right, Haas. All right, well, we had to break. Other side of break, I'll get into talking about the 70th birthday for the Nature War Ric Flair. Who showed up? If you didn't know by now, I'll let you know. Most of you know who it is. I'll tell you that on the other side of break. I'm Taz. Sit tight, kids.
All right, Hoss, here we go. Yep, we're back. Back here, back here in the Taz Show. And uh, we're doing a little, uh, talking a little bit about Raw. So I want to get into the big, big birthday party they did with the uh, with Ric Flair, the Nature Boy Ric Flair. So uh, happy belated birthday to the Nature Boy Ric Flair. Turned uh, 70. So uh, he's the man, the Nature. Uh, good dude, good dude, good dude. Legend, legend, uh, times legend. It's funny, speaking of legends, I watched... Um, Oh man, WWE Network. I watched the Legends Roundtable gimmick with uh, good old JR. It was Ric Flair, Mick Foley, myself, hosted by the late great Mean Gene. Um, and this we, whew, we shot in Stanford, Connecticut at the studio. Um, this was, I don't remember the year, mid 2000s, maybe 2006, something like that. You can get it on the network. And we were talking about faction, no, not factions. We were talking about, um, greatest moments in like wrestling history. It was like, when I heard that topic, when they invited me on, I'm like, holy shit, that's a pretty big topic, <laughs> you know? But, um, it was, it was very, uh, very interesting. Ric Flair was very outspoken in this thing. You have to, you have to go back and watch it. Uh, he had some poignant comments about some talent uh, wrestlers from uh, during my prime. Uh, let's uh, that that we're not ECW guys, so so you watch it. I don't want to spoil it for you if you didn't see it. But it was. I remember when we shot this thing, man. It we it took a while. You know, it takes a while to do those things. And this was actually, <laughs> excuse me. This was actually. Um, Done If memory serves me And I think I'm right on this This was not done at the WWE Studios in Stanford At that time We were recording at the Yes Network Okay, that's not a Daniel Bryan Network Oh, jeez It's uh, the Yes Network Is like what the Yankees are in New York Yankees So the Yes Network That's what uh, That's also in Stanford, Connecticut So reason why we shot it there Was the um, WWE Studio Was under construction for a long time and they made it into this just monster modernized massive espn s type of campus uh, studio huge so it was under construction for a long time so a lot of the on-camera work that wwe was doing with talent in the studio was done at the yes network they leased out the yes network or rented or whatever so that's where that was done because i remember that it was not at wwe studios um we had a lot of fun though I mean I know in the green room They hooked us up with whatever we needed There was some adult beverages There was some beautiful cigars There was some foods There was some beer skis There was a lot of good stuff So but it was a lot of fun Check it out if you get a chance Okay um, But I saw when I mentioned Ric Flair And I mentioned Legend It jumped out to me So So they did the, the birthday at Raw The 70th birthday Big celebration and you saw throughout the show, like Ricky, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat was backstage for the party. He was going to be there. So was Shawn Michaels. And obviously, uh, we saw the Stinger. Uh, Sting was there. I was surprised to see Sting. I didn't know Sting was going to be there. I love Sting. I mean, I got to know Sting a little bit while we were in TNA together. Um, I, you know, I got to tell you, when I was coming up in the business, he was coming up in the business. But he was working for UWF, for Bill Watts. And... That's like when him, <laughs> Sting and uh, uh, Rick Steiner were tagging, and uh, the late Eddie Gilbert was like their manager with Missy Hyatt, <sighs> and um, Hot Stuff Incorporated, I think they were called, and uh, that was the name of the faction. 
But man, I, I and there wasn't many guys like when I was coming up that were in my prime that I was like, wow, this guy is badass. I like this guy's style. I like what he brings to the table. I like the way he works. He's got a great look. But Sting for me back then was one of those guys. I always respected the Stinger. I, I didn't know him. He was a California guy. I was a New York guy. I you know, and I, and then when I got to meet him many years after all his success throughout WCW, NWA, WCW, and stuff like that. And then he was in TNA kicking ass, you know, doing great then too. And actually, when I debuted um, to manage Samoa Joe in TNA, that's right, Joe was wrestling Sting, right? Yeah, I think he was. And I remember when I I came out for that during the pay-per-view. I don't remember the name of the pay-per-view. How's that doing? But regardless, I got to know Sting there uh, in TNA and our time together. And gee whiz, what a... Just a super guy. I mean, like, this is a fucking great guy. Um, love Sting. Love him. Love him. Miss talking to that guy, man. Just really, like, just one of the nicest guys you're going to meet. I'm sure a lot of you guys have met him throughout your years, going to maybe conventions or at wrestling shows, or maybe you bumped into him someplace, a restaurant or a gym or whatever, you know. But what a good guy. And uh, I didn't realize. I knew he was tall. I didn't know he was, like, that tall, but everyone's tall next to me. And he's a solid 6'3", like a good 6'3", uh, like a big 6'3". But, um, uh, but anyway, I was like, he's a big son of a bitch. And I remember when he was in his prime prime, like when he was young, I should say. He was more not his prime, more he was kind of uh, leaning towards green in UWF. <laughs> Muscular son of a bitch. And especially in the NWA and all the stuff he'd done. Um, you know, when he had, you know, I'm talking about when he had the dyed blonde hair, the flat top, and the beach or surfer guy, kind of S type thing. Um always in tip-top shape just uh and then well before that just to go back a little further and i don't know if it was in uwf or someplace else i can't recall the late great ultimate warrior who was the dingo warrior but i don't know what he was called what he tagged with sting i can't recall and uh, they were the blade runners that i remember and um, they had like black paint on their eyes, and they were two muscular big guys. I mean, if you don't know them, just just Google it. I, I don't know if any of that stuff's on the on the WWE Network. Um, I'm trying to remember where they worked, uh, the Blade Runners. But it was, yeah. And I, I just I'm saying, I remember, I remember, um, I remember that. I mean, just so so when I saw Sting, it, it all came back to me. You know, that all came back to me big time. I'm like, oh shit, the Blade Runners, man. And um, it was. Uh, it, yeah, it, well, staying and then, like I said, uh, with the uh, with the Ultimate War, and then staying with uh, with Rick Steiner and stuff like that. And uh, I know he got trained by Red Bastine back in the day, uh, and Rick Bassman, I believe. I remember those guys' names uh, back years ago. Geez, no one knows that, man. But wow, well, yeah. So I, I knew a lot about Sting's history, you know, and uh, and he really was. Actually, now I'm thinking, it the Blade Runners, the Ultimate Warrior, and Sting. Um, was for Mid South for Bill Watts, I think, and then I, Eddie Gilbert. I yeah, he I believe he managed him. That's what that's all coming back to me. Hot stuff incorporated, hot stuff international, hot stuff incorporated. I can't remember what it was. What it was. Um, and uh, and then it ended up evolving with uh, Sting tagging with um with Rick Steiner. I remember that stuff. And uh, what's his name? Uh, Ultimate Warrior was the Dingo Warrior in Texas. That I remember for the, for the uh, Von Erichs, I believe it was, for World Class. So, yeah, that, 
that was during i was on the come up guys i was like that was the shit those are great times that was the um very late 80s early 90s like you know like 1980 i don't know 7 88 ish 89 like right around then ish area and all these wrestlers these gimmicks i'm talking about a lot of you guys know exactly what i'm talking about a lot of you guys know more than what i'm talking about because you know you guys are just diehard fans but I don't know. So when I saw Sting, all that stuff started coming back. Big fan of the Stinger, you could tell. Personally and professionally, what was respected his work rate? I was funny because see, I saw something on WWE, <clears throat> WWE, um, one of their social platforms. I don't know if it was WWE Network or WWE uh, Twitter. Was, this is on Twitter, but I don't know if, what account it was. WWE Network, Twitter, or WWE official account. But it was Twitter for sure. And it showed Sting come out and he uh, had, did the you know, his, ow, his scream he did. It wasn't a woo, you know, where Ric Flair does the woo, but he's there for the Ric Flair party. So WWE's like, ah, I'm paraphrasing. No one does, uh, what a great woo, whatever, by Sting. And I'm like, no, he's not doing, that's not, he's not mimicking Ric Flair. Even though he's boys with Ric Flair and had that amazing match at this Clash of the Champions with Ric Flair, which everyone remembers. No, he's doing his own rebel yell. That's what he's doing, WWE. Come on now. Come on. Let's get the history right here. Let's get the history right. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I, I saw the tweet, and then some people were even commenting on it, like, no, 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 he's not He's not doing the Ric Flair woo. It's a different woo. So, again, I love the nitpick. You know that. That's my gimmick. So, um, so anyway, yeah, so the, the, the okay, so they do the uh, party, the they have everybody in the ring You know, um, they have Shawn Michaels in the ring They have Triple H, Steph They have Kurt Angle in the ring Sting's in the ring You know, they're all in the ring there To celebrate Rick's party, all the talents on the stage Right, it's all good in the hood Alright, so you know something's about to go down And they play Rick's music, place pops in Atlanta Great spot to do this um, And then Ricky Steamboat also was in the ring, I didn't mention Ricky um, And then no No Ric Flair no Ric Flair, like what's going on, no Ric Flair And then I love how they shot it, I love What they did, okay They go backstage And you see from a distance Far away Someone like dragging or grabbing a cameraman And It's a big guy And then you realize it's Batista <clears throat> And then he basically tells He grabbed the cameraman like held him hostage said, stay right here in front of Ric Flair's door Goes in Ric Flair's locker room, beats him up a little bit again I'm assuming what happened was He must have, in character, beat up Ric Flair Knocked him out unconscious in the room Then went and got a cameraman Brought the cameraman over there And then went back in the room, smacked around Ric Flair a little more And dragged him out, he was unconscious Because, you know, it, it like for me it would have made It makes more sense, right, if you think about it Like why didn't Ric Flair come out, right? Think about it. So I'm just connecting dots for you guys that don't realize. Like, he didn't come out because he was already knocked out before Batista went and got the cameraman. So I'm just kind of telling you how, like, for anybody that was confused, because I saw some folks on social media were a little confused. That's what happened. In, in character, this is in storyline. The music plays. Rick don't come out. You go backstage. The cameraman's getting dragged by Batista. Well, Ric Flair already was attacked once by Batista. Then Batista went to get the cameraman. And then 
beat him up again behind closed doors and then dragged him out. So, and for those that don't realize, which I would assume most of you do, you didn't get to see the beatdown because Ric Flair is not a young guy. And so you leave him up for the imagination. You see Batista just drag him out like he's knocked out. It's the invisible bump. So if I ever go back to any wrestling company and they need to beat the shit out of me, I will be taking invisible bumps. Drag me around, pay this motherfucker, but you're not bumping me for real. I'll do the invisible bump. <clears throat> That's how it's done. That's what I believe in. Once your bump card's full, Ric Flair's bump card's full, you do the invisible bump. That's how it's done, kids. So anyways, so <clears throat> look, uh, and then, you know, he basically... Batista said, you know, have I gotten your attention now, Hunter? That type thing. And Triple H ran back there, and, and Batista was already gone. Okay, a couple things. <sighs> the whole angle, the whole overview story of what they did creatively, I should say. I enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. I do. Batista looks great. Big actor now. You know what I mean? So, But still, he looks great. I think he's 50 years old. He don't look 50. Um, but I think it, it's cool. Um, WrestleMania, you're going to do a Triple H versus Batista match, obviously, now. Um, you know, I thought there was a chance weeks ago, I talked about that, that we're going to do a Triple H versus Dean Ambrose. Obviously, that's not happening. Um, but I, 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 they're buttoning up the story from the SmackDown 1000, I think it was. I think that's when they, they, they kind of planted the seed. I, I, I yeah. I think you could quote me on that one <laughs> I think it was smacked at 1000 But um, You're getting the payoff You're getting the match I, I I talked to some people Some people at the radio station Some fans, my man Pete the Body uh, Who runs the board for me and Moose On Taz and Moose, he's the board operator uh, Extraordinaire I want to get his opinion too, some other folks at the station They're, they're, they're diehard WWE fans and wrestling fans And the, the overview was that a lot of them want to see this match with, with Triple H and uh, and Batista. They're down, um, and I think it's fine um, because you're going to ha- spread out current talent throughout this thing on WrestleMania, and you're going to get a lot of the current stars that are in their prime, and you're going to get to you know guys that are you know legendary figures, and obviously Triple H and Batista. So I don't I don't have a problem with that. I like the way it was shot. I think it was fine and dandy. Um, I wouldn't have minded, minded, how's that? I wouldn't mind, though, just for shits and giggles, if instead of Batista, the one that got the heat and beat up Ric Flair, I understand the story, evolution, I got, I got it. If it was a Drew McIntyre type guy, you know, a current heel that you really want to pole vault to the top and then do something with Triple H, you know, that I, me personally, I mean, nothing against Batista. I, I know Dave. Uh, you know, I always got along good with Dave and never had a problem with Dave. Worked with him, I think, once in a tag match. Um, respect him and all that. Uh, but I'm just saying, I believe in, you know, if there's an opportunity for the current talent to get some heat on them and, and to, you know, to be over, to get over more, especially at a WrestleMania, to get the rub from Triple H. Uh, that's a big, big deal. I mean, for a big, nasty, tough son bitch heel right now, if it's not a Bobby Lashley or maybe it's a, like I said, a Drew McIntyre, you know, one of those cats, you know, I, I think that that would have worked. Um, but I understand the star power of Batista and the shock and awe moment of this. 
that's a big deal. So I get that and I understand that, but I believe in building guys up also and to come up. But uh, you know what? No harm, no foul. It's it's going to work good. So uh, <clears throat> it's going to work good. So you know, it's good stuff. So I mean, for the most part. Oh, also, I I mentioned um, uh, uh, Otis from Heavy Machinery. I, I tweeted about him. The guy. Just side note, real quick. The guy cracks me up. The guy is funny. He's entertaining. I put him over out here before. Uh, the dude's funny, man. The dude's funny. He can work too for a heavy stout guy. He can go. He's athletic as hell. He's strong as shit. Um, but let me tell you, I don't want to hear him say like real words as much as they had him do on Rado when he got into it a little bit um, backstage with Connor. Um, you know, I I, I want to hear him do those grunts more and those weird. I just to me, it's funnier. You know, um, it's just he's funny. It's just his facial expressions, like he's just you know, the guy is just hysterical. He really. <laughs> Cracks me up. He's must see TV. He is. He's money. It's a matter of time before he's. I'm an assu- I'm assuming he's going to be on his own. I mean, they they they. You know, I, I that's what I'm thinking. Eventually, I think they see money in him, and uh, nothing against his partner. I just feel like he's. You know, like that they, they see something in him for sure. He's spotlighted a lot with that team heavy machinery. Um, so it just feels like that's what's going to go down. You know what I mean? So, you know, he, he's funny as hell. He's entertaining. He's got such a unique look, uh, you know, and that's, that's a, that's a big key right there. Right. Um, just, just a very, very u- unique looking cat. Um, you know, and, and this guy actually wrestled, he actually wrestled. He was, you know, in college, he wrestled at Colorado state. So uh, Colorado state, Peblo, Peblo, easy for me to say. Uh, and he meddled in Greco, so you know he's he he can go, he can shoot a little bit, so it's pretty interesting, you know. But he's definitely um definitely money. Otis, I love him, I love him for sure. Uh, him and uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, what's oh, I'm trying to blank on his partner, Tucker. That's it. Uh, they they definitely uh, have machinery. Jones, we call it. Uh, it's good stuff. So I just want to put him over out here. You know, just, that's my gimmick, right? That's what I do. I put people over. That's what I do. That's kind of how I'm built. Except when I was in the ring, I didn't put anybody over. I was a little bit of a douche. But anyway, I digress. Listen, guys, I appreciate you downloading this, this, this episode of the Taz Show. Uh, I love you for that. Subscribe to the show if you haven't. Give me a rating. Put me over. You know, just put me over. Go buy a fucking T-shirt already. New Path of Rage shirts out there. Got the uh, Survivor Fire. Let your shirt out there. What do you need? 20 bucks a clip. It's Christmas. Help a brother out. All right, guys. All right, I'm Taz Janata. I'll talk to you soon. I was raised in the days of my space and screen names back then when I was only worried about my top friends. Now my circle is getting smaller. All these people acting fake, man. And to be honest, I don't even have a top ten. Me against the world, I've been doing what